Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. guys, we're here with the Hollywood Life Podcast, and I am here with my co-anchor, Ali Stagnita. Hi, Ali. Hi, guys. Thanks so much for joining us today. We have a really exciting guest, and just a reminder to make sure you all subscribe to our podcast so you get updates when we post new ones, and hit five stars, review us, let us know how much you love the Hollywood Life Podcast. That's right, guys. Make sure you review us. I love, And, you know, you've got a very interesting background on your screen today. And we're being joined by a very special guest, and she's got really interesting background on her screen, too. And I think she's in a new place. Everybody, welcome Paulina Poroskova. Hi, Paulina. Hello, girls. Nice to uh, see you on the screen. Great to see I you. Know. We heard you on a few years ago, and now we are reconnected, and we're just so happy to have you again. Well, I'm happy to be back then. <laughs> well, yes, and we're happy you're back. And um, I mentioned the background because you were talking on your Instagram about just moving and moving into a place. And did you say that you're now on the same street that you were when you first came to New York City? Well, actually, not only am I on the same street, but uh, when I went to look at this apartment and I immediately fell in love with it, I thought, oh yeah, this is the perfect apartment for me. And then as, as I walked out, I thought, hmm, this is the street where I had my very first apartment when I was 17 years old oh, no. and I first came to New York. <laughs> and all I remembered was a, um, there was a, a, a specific little landmark, a little lion sitting outside on, this, on the stairs. And I thought, oh, I better uh, see where, I, I just want to see where that little lion is, if it's still there. I'm directly next door. I'm actually sharing a wall with my very first apartment. <laughs> wow. So it's really odd because it's like I came to New York. I was single. I was full of hope. There was uh, an entire world of opportunity and life in front of me. And now I've made this huge circle and I'm exactly like I'm back to back to where I started. Yeah. Also well, single. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're back, but you know, it's not. And, and the interesting thing is, is that you've had so much life experience, but you are embarking on a new life right now. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's like, I've, 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 uh, I've scaled a mountain. I have, uh, taken my beatings and here I am again, uh, fell off that mountain and now I need to start climbing another one. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's uh, obviously it feels a little differently this way around because there's a, uh, I guess hope is always there, but you know, with the life experience that one has at 56, 
you know, you know, things are not that easy. You know, things are not, it's not that boundless enthusiasm and hope that you have as a young kid. It's tempered with wisdom and knowledge. And it makes it a little, um, it makes it a little uh, harder, I think, actually. Yeah. Because you know, you know how much, uh, how much things can hurt. Mm -hmm. Well, you've been through, you've been through a very shocking, hurtful time. I mean, you, you lost your husband of 30 years, Rick Ocasek, and it, that itself was surprising. You were separated, but you were still living together. You were still very close and living in the same home that you'd shared and with your two sons. And then you had the shock of finding out that you'd been excluded from his will. So, I mean, that's very, very traumatic. Like it's traumatic on top of traumatic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> boy, it's been a crap year and a half. I can tell you that. And then you have the pandemic like that. On yes. top of it, right, of course. Carry on top of all that crap pie that you've been eating. Um, so yeah, uh, I think the the initial uh, reaction of of sort of understanding. Well, it took me a while to understand what actually went down because, uh, you know, when when you find the man that you've spent your entire life with dead, uh, it takes a little while to for the for for you to even sort of regain enough ground to be able to comprehend the world around you. And so it 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 took me a while. I didn't. I I sort of couldn't. I couldn't understand it. It just. I just kept sort of <clears throat> going past it and going, okay, that, I'll deal with that later. <clears throat> Excuse me, I have a okay. frog in my throat. Um, so, and then, you know, once I was more equipped to um, start dealing with the world in general, uh, and I understood what it is that had been done, I just, I, yeah, I mean, I felt so betrayed. I felt like, um, I felt like he, well, he lied. I mean, he, he lied his last his last public words to me were a lie. And I, I felt that was really, really unfair. But, you know, one does have to consider that we were separated. Uh, we did still live together. Yes, I was in this happy la-la land of thinking, oh, just because we're no longer going to be married doesn't mean that we're not family forever, that we're not gonna be best friends. This man knows me better than any other human being in the world. Ditto, you know, I know him. Um, so we're just going to maintain that part of our love. Uh, and obviously he didn't feel the same way. And that was, uh, that was a, a blow to my, I guess, uh, naive, you know, naivete. I, I had to grow up really quickly. You said that the last words were lie. Were they words of love? Well, with the last words being, I mean, public words, because they had made, there was a way of going about this where he could have disinherited me in private and I wouldn't have had, uh, I wouldn't have had to deal with the repercussions of everybody going, you know, sort of taking uh, pot shots at both of us, you know, oh, he was wrong. Well, it was your fault. Um, could have been done in private and I would have had to solve it in private and that would have been fine, uh, better for our children too. Uh, but they, 
his team decided to put it in a way so that it was made public. And then, you know, and then I had to deal with that, uh, which was really kind of hard while I was also really missing him. So it, there was so, well, you know, there was rage and sadness are not super compatible. Um, yes. You can't kind of feel them at the same time, <laughs> you know? Uh, so I had, so I, I was sort of, waffling between sort of like this tenderness and sadness for having lost him and then this rage at what he thought was a good idea and again I have to but I have to make clear because we were separated we were getting divorced I never would have expected to just take over everything that that, that wouldn't even really make sense that would have been sort of like an, uh, an accident you know if he hadn't if he hadn't made a will and if he hadn't, um, and if I would have just sort of accidentally inherited everything, um, it's, I have no objections to that. I only thought that I should be allowed to get what one would get in a divorce, half of everything that we had made together. And it turns out that you don't get that. You get a third when somebody dies and decides differently. Right. And I feel like it's also difficult too, because like you were grappling with all these feelings and it's not like he was here for you to even ask those questions to like the questions that you have and the, you know, all essentially go unanswered, which must be really difficult. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, um, you know, this is, uh, this is the deal and it, it's, you know, it's, I mean, death is definitely a way of slamming a door closed, isn't it? <laughs> It doesn't matter how much you knock, you're not going to get an answer. So, uh, and I'm still, I think I'm, I think I'm sort of moving past that point a little bit now. I think, uh, of course, forgiveness is for primarily me because right. it feels a lot better. Um, <clears throat> but I can, um, I feel like I'm in a better space with about him and about what happened and uh, and I sort of feel like I can, uh, well, I'm just, I'm choosing to see it as a mistake. You know, he was having surgery. He was called in three weeks before his surgery. Uh, he was my, made to sign papers and nobody was really paying a whole lot of attention. Nobody thought he was going to die. It was just such a, you know, fluke, dumb thing to happen. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm, I am sure that he would have, uh, had he had time, I'm sure he would have reversed it and, and that would not have been the way things were, but you know, mm -hmm. and at this point, uh, it is what it is. It doesn't seem like he thought out how it would affect the whole family either, because, yeah. you know, let's say that in a moment he was upset with you, but you have two sons together. You were a family. And I'm sure that everything that happened greatly has affected them as well. And I'm sure he loved it. You know, he loved his sons. He adored his sons. He was a really super good dad um, to our two guys. No question about it. And they love him and they, uh, uh, they see him as all, you know, as, as the best dad that they could have ever had. So, and they will see that it that way, no matter what he has done. And that's totally fair because he was that to them. 
Um, but, you know, he left a bit of a mess with the other sons, too. I mean, it's not that we just had our two sons. I have four stepsons. I have uh, five grandkids. You know, there's a lot of people involved in his last decisions that he uh, that he sort of blithely just um, uh, rolled over. And and uh, and again, I think that had he had more time and had he been able to think more about it, he would not have done this. Yeah. So, you know, okay, fine. So shh. I don't know if I can say the S word, um, but it happens, you know, and it happened now. And, and I was left alone to deal with the repercussions and uh, I'm still working on that. Are you close to his other sons and, and the grandchildren? Uh, yeah, actually my middle two sons, uh, I adore, they, I, I, you know, they grew up with me, I grew up with them. And one of them have grandkids, uh, uh, has children that are, you know, my grandkids. And then I have grandchildren from the first two sons uh, and, the, and the wives. I mean, it's like, um, I never got quite as close to the first, the, the two oldest sons, just because they were grown up by the time uh, Rick and I got married. But their grandkids are, they're like, they're my family. I mean, they're super, super important to me. Uh, and I will never pass up an opportunity to see them and their moms bring them. And well, now the oldest one is old enough to bring herself. But, you know, they're some of the great joys and, and, and warmth in my life. So, mm -hmm. you know, this, this also touches them. And that makes me, that made me very, very sad that it sort of left the family in this kind of unrest, you know, it was just, it didn't seem fair. How how are your two sons, John? Like your, I'm sorry, your kind of your biological sons, um, Jonathan and Oliver, doing now? They seem like such interesting young men, and you know, creative. Like just from looking at your Instagrams, your Instagram, their Instagrams. Well, they are not very. They are not very much on social media at all. Uh, they're they're kind of they bow out of that. Oliver does a little bit because he does photography and he's done a little bit of modeling. So he's like around a little bit, but yeah, I mean, our, our sons are, uh, I don't think that a mother can do better than when your children turn out to be your favorite people in the world. And I don't even really feel all that responsible for it. I think I'm responsible for their good manners, but that, you know, that they are the people that they are. Um, that's, I got lucky. I mean, you know, together Rick and I created something really uh, fantastic. And they're both like serious nerds. Just <laughs> um, yeah, they're like, they're, they're so good with, um, Jonathan is, uh, he's uh, just finishing up game design, uh, a graduate degree in game design. And Oliver is into AI and computer sci and classical music composition. So they're, um, they're very uh, unusual, unique, and uh, pretty magnificent young guys. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy for whatever girl that will get them because I think that I think uh, they will thank me for <laughs> for these boys. I like that. Um, Polina, you are so open about just your feelings, what you have gone through in the past year and a half. How did you make the decision 
How did you make the decision to kind of open up about that with the public, whether through your Instagram or talks that you've done? You know what? I think the Instagram thing is almost, it was a little bit accidental to a certain extent because I, well, I'm a writer. I mean, I think of myself as a writer. And uh, when all of this went down, I could not sit down and write. I couldn't sit and work on my memoir or my novel or my screenplay. That, that seemed to be completely, um, you know, it was a, a useless undertaking because my, my brain wouldn't sort of allow me to do that. It, all it allowed me to do was process my own feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Instagram sort of became a receptacle of, 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 of that, of, of me processing my feelings uh, publicly. And again, I felt like doing it publicly was, uh, was a way of healing for me because I got slapped with this, uh, you know, well, what did you do to him thing? You know, it was like, I, I I felt like I had to defend myself a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then as I, as I started, um, sharing my feelings with others, I, realized and also read all the replies and and how there's a lot of women in maybe not my position exactly but my women a lot of women struggling with uh uh you know feeling invisible a lot of women struggling with uh loss and grief and um all the same feelings you know not the same situation but the same feelings and it felt so good to not feel alone. And they would tell me that they felt good to not feel alone. And so it became sort of a community, like a, almost a community healing space with a couple of trolls poking up once in a while, to, you know, <laughs> right, provide a little spice. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. you've been so open about like so many things about your, your feelings of loss and the change in your life. And also your feelings about aging and beauty and what um, sort of what the perception is of beauty. Like you've just gone at it really headlong being so open. And I feel like you have tapped into a huge community of of feeling among women by being that open. Because I don't know how you read all the comments. You get thousands, like 4,000 comments. Yeah, now when it gets to 4,000 comments, I have to admit, I can't go through all of them. <laughs> of course. Uh, yeah, no, I can't, I, I can't do that. But uh, yes, you know, I think when you are truthful, when you share your truth, um, it resonates with people. I mean, in a way, it's what art does too, I think. It's like when art is truthful to the person who produces the art, that's when it resonates, whether it's literature or music or, or painting or whatever it is. But that, 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 um, that sharing of yourself is what, um, what people can uh, identify with. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because I think when it comes down to it, we all have the same emotions we all have the same feelings. We might be in such different places and such different situations, but we all feel the same. We recognize when somebody says love, sadness, hate, grief, joy. Um, everybody recognizes that because we all feel it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and so when you, you know, when on the other day you shared a um, picture of yourself post, um, oh yeah, that and the, I the plasma the plasma pen like little pen. dots around the eyes, yeah, yeah. So what, what, you know, when you share things like that, I mean, what just for yourself or for the community, like I'm, I would love to know just kind of what drives you. Okay. Well, stuff like that is actually really nerve wracking to me because, you know, having been a model and sort of feeling like I need to maintain a certain um, vanity about the way I look because boy, you know, when they catch you not looking great, that's news too like wow look how crap she looks uh that that's a seems to be a permanent source of joy to people mm. when people don't look their best so for me to, to decide to share the um you know barefaced selfies and uh the, the little cosmetic stuff that i have done the lasers uh when you don't look so hot that to me is a, more of a gift. I'm also working on my own insecurity about being older, um, sort of trying to balance uh, this inner strength that I feel I have with my outside self, which is aging and socially, I'm not deemed as attractive um, just because of my age. Uh, and, and I keep feeling that's like that's- Huh? <laughs> I think you're very attractive. That's what you, you think or your perception. But No, it's not actually just my perception. I will fight you on this one. Uh, I don't know that I want to die on this hill, but I am going to fight you on it. Um, no, I mean, it's, it's true that women do get invisible with a certain age. And it doesn't matter if you're good looking or if you were once a beauty or whatever age, I think when you start looking like a mature woman, I was thinking about this this other day too. Obviously there's the biological thing of, uh, you know, you're no longer fertile, so you're not sexually viable. So therefore you're dismissed from that entire segment of the population uh, because you are not allowed to be sexy anymore. And also I think to a certain extent, when we start resembling men's mothers, or mothers in general, we're supposed to take the part of a mother and a mother is distinctly everything but sexy. Mm-hmm. You don't ever want to picture your mom being sexy, right? So I think that kind of, it just it just pushes us into that corner, whether we like it or not. It's like, well, shouldn't you just be cooking and knitting now and taking care mm-hmm. of your kids? I, I do get a lot of those comments too. <laughs> and so you're kind of fighting against that like societal thought Yeah, I feel like I'm fighting against the thought that um, that you have to be young looking in order to be socially viable. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, and also sort of at the same time that that staying young looking is uh, an easy thing to do. You know, this is where I share my little cosmetic stuff and my low days and my wrinkles and stuff, because um, the truth is, and again, come back to the truth, uh, it takes a lot to look good. Well, what other people deem is good, uh, acceptable when you're over the age of 50, it takes a lot more work to sort of to stay in shape and to, um, you know, y- you do look different if you put makeup on and do your hair. I mean, it does kind of give you an, you know, a little 
up that you, you, you might look a little more faded when, when you haven't attempted to fix yourself up and that, but that's the truth. That's what, that's what happens. And it does take work. And I am slightly resentful. I'm never, I, I absolutely understand women wanting to look younger and better again, for the same reasons, because you get invisible unless you're younger, but, um, when you don't share it, when you don't tell the truth, uh, you know, you risk telling all these women out there that I'd look like this when I wake up in the morning. That's just my, you know, genetic luck. And, um, and good luck to you, because it's really just all, you know, yoga and water here. Right. That, that's um, cool. It's not. Do you feel that, um, do you feel that society is changing at all? It does seem to me as if like in the acting world, there are far more roles now for women who are over, first it was over 40. That was seemed to be the age that actresses were really worried about. And now over 50 and even 60, do you see any progress or you feel overall it's still like pushing a rock up a hill? You know what? I feel like progress is being made in the uh, body acceptance, which uh, again, thanks to Sports Illustrated and MJ Day, I think she has made huge strides for body acceptance. Just fantastic. Like she's opened up a whole new world that I think is so brilliant and so fantastic. Uh, it has made heavier women be able to look at themselves as sexy and, and, and attractive and desirable and viable. Uh, but you know, age is sort of like the last frontier because if you think about it, movies, women in their 50s in movies, do they look 50? They may look 50, but yeah, they look good, most of them, yes. Do they look 50? Do they look like a 55 year old? Because all the actresses that I can think of that are about my age look at least 10 years younger. Mm. So yeah, they're in their 50s, they're in their height of their powers, they're amazing, they're talented, they're brilliant, and they look considerably younger than they are. That's okay, you can totally do that. You're not gonna be dismissed if you don't age. Mm -hmm. Aging though, aging, actually visibly aging, mm, that is still not cool. Yeah. Do you have any um, modeling gigs or things coming up? Like, are you still doing? Um I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, you know, shoots and editorials. Um, I have to say there's not very much demand, no. Uh, I mean, also, hey, it was COVID. So I think a lot of, a lot of things were, um, you know, got turned upside down. But, uh, you know, I have a, I have a, <laughs> I remember last year in January, I did this shoot for Harper's Bazaar with Alexi Lubomirsky, me and the younger man. And it was so fun. I was like, okay, I'm back. I'm going to do some really great shots. And then 
people are, you know, going to notice and maybe they're going to offer me some other jobs. And then that was it. <laughs> that was the end of that. <laughs> that was my big hooray. Um, again, pandemic obviously uh, helped that along. Um, have I gotten any jobs this year? No, no, it's, there is not a big market for older women. And when there is, when there is a, a older woman at play, it's kind of very specific because it's, uh, either you don't look your age and so you're gorgeous or you look your age and you're used as a, almost a, as a prop, you know, you're, you, you're the, the cool looking grandma in the background. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, it seems to me that marketers are sure missing like a huge market because there are millions and millions of women over 45, over 50 years old in this country that, um, you know, go shopping, buy things, buy. Well, no. The interesting thing here is that, that, that uh, actually our earning power, the women that have the most money to spend are us over 45. Right. Absolutely. Between, between 45 and 64 is where we are at our best, uh, economically speaking. Um, and, and also, you know, just intellectually and in, in all these other ways. But I think marketing that aims at older women, uh, you don't get the 20 years olds and the 30 year olds. See, if, you, if you're marketing a beauty cream with a 20 year old, you're hitting the 20, 30, 45, you know, you keep, you keep all the ages because of course all the women in their 40s and their 50s and their 60s want to look like a 20 year old and the 20 year old doesn't want to look like a 50 year old. So as soon as you pull out a woman who is, looks to be in her 50s you're losing all the markets below her age mm -hmm. and i think that's in part why it's not that interesting to uh advertisers mm -hmm. now in the beginning i don't know i feel like there's a lot of women women that want specific products for you know what they're going through their skin sure but small market what i mean but as you say lucrative yeah but it is a smaller market it's a smaller market and there's a lot of competition because there are a lot of fabulous looking 50 year olds mm -hmm. that look 39. <laughs> I mean, who wants to buy a cream from somebody you don't want to look like, you know? Right. Now in the beginning of the interview, Bonnie said that she had done a workout that you posted the other day. What workouts are you doing at home? Oh my God. Uh, this is, uh, and this, and this makes me so happy too, because I'm just, a. Uh, I, I do get a lot of comments from my uh, followers and like, you're so normal. Like, yeah, that's. You are yeah. pretty normal. I'm pretty normal. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty much just who I am. And I never really pretended to be anything else. Um, so yeah, in the pandemic, the good thing about the pandemic is that suddenly we all could work out to the same stuff, which is all online. Right. right. And so my uh, Pilates workouts went, uh, uh, went on zoom. And I could share, so I could share that with everybody. I'd be like, guys, this is, this is what's responsible for my abs is this class. And, um, and this other uh, workout is this like dancing workout with this, with this girl, I guess is in England. Uh, I just hit on accidentally because I kept, I, I keep wanting to do like um, a cardio thing and, um, and I love dancing. 
but all those dance workouts are also serious and they also don't have great music. So when I finally, I was like, oh, I lucked out on this girl that whose workouts are really simple and it's got great music and it gets you moving and jumping around. And that's pretty much all I wanted. It's like, I don't need to learn like advanced routines or like shadow box while I dance. I just want to have fun. And, uh, and it's really rewarding to me to be able to find things and then share them with everybody else. And it's kind of the, like the plasma pen too. It's like, Hey guys, I did this. It really works for me. I can share it with you. And I, I feel like, um, I think if we women, uh, sort of could admit our vanity and share what we do, it's just so much kinder to, to, to our sisters, you know, like, again, sit, you know, doing it myself secretly and then pretending to you that I have done nothing. Right. How that's not helpful. I mean, sure. It's aspirational, but it's not even aspirational if you don't tell people how they can achieve it. Right. Definitely. Well, I agree. I know it used to annoy me so much when certain actresses would insist that they never worked out and yet they look unbelievable. Right. You, you go, well, how can that be? You know, you can't be that good genetics. So I agree. I think it's great that you share these things. And I think again, it um, helps build community and it makes, well, it's just plain helpful. You know, like, I think it's kind. I yeah. think kindness and generosity are two things that we need more of. And there's no better place to start than home. Yeah. Like from me, from me to you, because I can't change the whole world, but I can change me. And I can include you and, you know, that will make a small change maybe to one or two people. But again, it's like, you know, that's, that's the chain of, of generosity and of kindness that I really, I really feel strongly about now. It's also look in part when I was in my twenties, I was an arrogant little ass, quite frankly, you know, it's like, and yeah, no, I didn't work out. That was all given to me for free. I just, you know, I had this body, I had the face. Uh, I had skin that reflected the light beautifully, which uh, younger skin does on its own, you know? Um, and that was, and that was great. And you also kind of feel invincible and somewhat immortal. And uh, my, I have to say my husband had the most amazing taste. He, he was, he, he was so on the ball with like, you know, what things he liked and what things he didn't like, but he, he was judgmental and he did not, when he didn't like something, he didn't want me to like it either. So generosity was not exactly on the menu at this house. Um, and once I started separating from him and once I started, um, sort of feeling out my own legs, I thought, no, wait, I can like these people because I like them. And I don't have to, I don't have to dim everybody's light in order to, to, to let it only shine on me. You know, it's a much nicer place. And, and if you, if you quit dimming everybody else that you can shine. Mm -hmm. So some of the advice you've been giving has been financial advice. Mm. I think is really, really important. It's like for a lot of women, like basically saying, I didn't pay attention to my finances. When I was married, I just left it up to my husband. And that was a shock when I, you know, when he passed away. 
and giving advice on what to do now to take control of their own finances. Why did you feel that was that is such an important message? Oh, well, I mean, again, very, if I want to share my beauty routines with you, which is slightly less important than yeah. uh, money advice, quite frankly. Uh, so that was, uh, um, that was actually, uh, it was UBS that came to me and said, uh, and just wanted me to participate in the conversation. And, uh, and then we had the conversation and we realized that there was a lot more to be said. And so that's why I sort of, we, I, I, I partnered with them to spread the message wider. And uh, obviously, again, it's like, it's wonderful. I can use my own life as, a, as the cautionary tale. It's like, then it's good for something, you know, then it, then it, it makes some sense of why this happened to me because I can pass that on to you and I can go, look, seemed my life was enchanted. I had it all, everything was perfect. And I was lulled into sort of complacency. And also part of my generation was, you know, um, you, you find your prince, he sweeps you off your feet and then uh, you go to his castle and it's his castle and, uh, you know, hopefully he'll never boot you out or, <laughs> whatever whatever it is that happens after the, the fairy tale officially ends um and uh it was uh it was something something that i could again another little kind of a present that i could that, that i could pass on and go and especially getting to know the facts of other women in our country and how many people how many women uh, did the same thing as I did. And it's like, hey, wake up call. Don't, don't, because it doesn't, it, you know what, it, it's not super complicated to amend it. It just takes a little bit of your time and it takes a, a willingness and an understanding that you should protect yourself. But how many of us have, you know, had work and then children and then house, done it all, and then in a divorce, suddenly all that work that you put into the family is deemed non-work. I guess you just did that because you liked it. Mm -hmm. uh, and that, that's something that should be brought to our attention. It's like, it, you know what? If you want to be a stay-at-home mom, fantastic. Power to you. Your, you know, your children will be happy. But make sure that every, it's understood that that's your job. Right. That your husband understand that that's a job. How much would he have to spend if uh, if you weren't doing it? You know, don't just walk away with "I'm a woman, so this is what I'm supposed to do." Because that's that's bull. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that is so important because I still I do see women who are younger still, and you know, in their late twenties and their thirties, as they start to have a family, and it is a lot to juggle to maintain a job or a career and children and family. And you know, women are plagued with guilt about their children. I'm not spending enough time with my kids and they decide to give up work. And yet that makes you totally dependent yeah. on your husband's financial uh, situation. And if there is a divorce, the most that you're gonna get is the most is 50-50 and not always. 
and not always off frequently not uh because the men have uh if they if they start feeling um unrestful they find somebody else or you know you're starting to pull away from them they have their ways of tucking things aside so that it's not necessarily accessible to you um that happens all the time too um and and we are not we are not protected and 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 even outside of that like what if you get married and you decide it's a mutual decision usually right that you stay at home and you take care of the kids because it's your two children it's not just yours even though sometimes it seems like it uh because a man makes the money and and you run the household it becomes a uh the money is a power thing yeah a man has all the power in this relationship and that also at some point i think wears on the relationship you're not equal anymore you were equal when you met mm-hmm. but now you're no longer equal he's the one who's going to dole out the money decide what you should buy no you can't buy that that's too expensive mm-hmm. um and you are working just as hard as he is and you have no no say well the other thing too in divorces today the idea of spousal support is um, is very limited and it often ends. Like, yes, yeah. child support, but spousal support, like for the woman who gives up her career and maybe it's 10, 15 years later and your skills are not as useful, like they're not updated. And then judges often award, don't award hardly any, if at all, spousal support. Right. And what is a woman supposed to live on then? It's like, so, and, and, and then you're, yeah. And you're supposed to go back in the marketplace and get a job. Uh, When the last time you worked was 15 years ago. Yeah. You're not like, you know, you, you, you can't go and get the same job that you had when you quit. I have friends that have gone back to school and, um, and uh, fought their way back into the marketplace and are now doing better than ever but that took a huge commitment and a huge amount of time and brain power and not everybody can do that or has the initial money to be able to do that right um so i think it 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 just leaves so many women vulnerable and in divorces how many men get that vulnerable it's it's mostly us isn't it it's mostly women totally how are you sorry go ahead Ali. no i was just saying it reminds me of the show younger with sutton foster because she gets divorced and they goes back to become a publisher and they were like you haven't worked here in years so she pretends to be like 25 years old and starts as an assistant see (laughs) there you go exactly she's lucky she might have looked that young (laughs) Um, (laughs) back to what you back to your argument um, and how are you managing, Paulina? Are, are you managing okay financially at this point? Oh yeah, no, I, I, I actually am I'm perfectly and, and, and totally fine um, because um, uh, the way things are divided when you're still uh, uh, married, uh, you know, I am I'm by no means penniless. I can't divulge any details because um, we're still having discussions with the estate of what is mine and what is not mine but uh i can say yeah no, no i'm not i'm not homeless i'm not begging for groceries on the on the street corner by any means uh obviously a big cut in lifestyle but 
whatever. I mean, that's, and divorce is a cut in lifestyle. That, that comes with a territory. And it's not like, you know, it's not like I, I needed to be maintained in the way in which I had been accustomed to. That's, that's, I can, I, if, if I want that, then I need to work that, work that out myself. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, uh, I know I saw like the, you know, page six in the post and stuff I, I had, cause I had done some interview where I admitted that for a year I didn't have money for groceries, but it's not because I didn't actually have money. It's just that I couldn't access that money. I, things had to be sold off. Things had, their transactions had to be made in, in order for me to be able to access anything, which again, people don't realize that. If your mate dies, you might have even inherited everything, but uh, unless there are certain provisions made, you might not be able to access anything. You might, oh crap, sorry. Okay. You might not be able to. Um, yeah, I mean things. You know, there, um, I, I don't. Re- I can't remember like the law terms for it. But yeah, there's, there's, there are things that can happen where you end up with else and all of it inside it, but no way to pay for it until you know two years from now. And what are you supposed to do in the meantime? Right, must have been incredibly yeah. stressful. Uh, yeah, it was. <laughs> I, I feel like I've aged about a hundred years in the last year and a half, honestly. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, I'm going to go and experiment with some more lasers because <laughs> this is, uh, and I will let you know all about them and which ones work. We gotta know. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> um, are you going to, are we ever going to see, you said you're working on a, on a memoir, mm-hmm. you're working on a novel, a screenplay. I think there's so much that you can write about. Where are you at with all of those? And are we ever gonna, are we gonna see them? Well, God, I hope so. Jeez, I don't like to write Good. into a hole. Good. Um, uh, at the moment, I haven't been, again, I haven't been able to focus on long-term tasks like that. I pulled up my memoir and I was like, oh, wait, I kind of like this. And then, and then I couldn't, and other things happened in my life that weren't terrific. So, um, uh, I, yeah, I think I just need a, I actually, I do have a really good idea for something that I want to work on. That's not my memoir or, um, or my screenplay or any of those, some of those are already written anyway. Um, but I have a really great idea for a writing project that I, um, that I'm, you're reminding me that I need to call my agent, hmm. uh, my, uh, uh, my writing agent and 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 mention this because I think I have a really good idea for something. So we can't wait to see. Well, I think that um, you know just your life would be a wonderful TV series, Netflix or Amazon series. Um, yeah, who would play me? You like? <laughs> why not? No, I think that I think the series that I think the series that I should be doing right now is find Paulina's next boyfriend. I think that would be a really good way. Maybe you're gonna be the next Bachelorette. Huh? Maybe you'll be the next Bachelorette. Yeah, there you go. An older Bachelorette. Now that would be fun. Yeah. I think well, start casting that actually. Well, it's probably a little too late for me right now, but you know, well, yeah, remind them. Maybe, maybe people want to see somebody slightly older. Yes. Now, what would you look for in your next boyfriend? Um, 
Well, he can't be a musician. I'll tell you that. No more, no more, no more of those. Uh, uh, I think, uh, I honestly, I don't even know. I don't know. I know what I'm not looking for. That's important. I, yeah. So, so I can. I, I definitely have a list of things of like, okay, no need to apply if you don't love your mother. No need to apply if you have emotional unavailability. No need to apply. Uh, and there's, you know, a bunch of other stuff. Um, but as for what to look for, I don't know. I think, um, I think I'm pretty open that way. It's like, woo me and we'll see. Love it. Have you gone on any dates? Yes, I have most certainly been on dates. And uh, that's an interesting thing in itself in the pandemic. Mm -hmm. uh, going on dates is like, oh, you want to risk your life for a date? Yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of dates have you had? Oh, they've, you know, obviously all like sitting, dining outside, freezing your butt off because, <laughs> uh, uh, and, and trying to get to know each other while your toes are freezing. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, no, I've, I've met, uh, and I've, I'm casting the net wide. I know I have people on Instagram going, saying things like, well, you wouldn't be single if you just like, you know, didn't just look for the elite. Uh, you know, if you like, if you went for nice, normal guys, I bet you could find one in a second. Oh, so people I, are so mean. <laughs> well, yes, that, that comes with it. Um, I'm like, okay, well, so, you know, I, I cast my net wide and I've gone out with some, some pretty normal people that are invariably really sweet and uh, charming and will spend most of the time talking about themselves. Yeah. Like all of the time talking about themselves. Would oh. you get married again? Oh, good question. Well, in part, I'm a hopeless romantic. So I feel like once my heart is healed, I will be out there throwing myself off, off of that damn cliff again, hoping I'll sprout wings and it'll carry me. Um, and at the same time, I think, oh wait, would I ever want to um, lose my power again? Because that to me right now is what marriage was, was the loss of my power. But I think you can actually balance those two yeah. So uh, let's just stick it with never say never. Okay. Wow. Okay. Although I'm not sharing my money with no. nobody. No, you've this learned. You've learned and you're doing your UBS financial oh, yeah. series. Um, how have you met the um, gentleman that you have gone on dates with? Oh, it's all, uh, it's online dating, babe. That's, uh -huh. that's, and you know, to me, it's actually kind of interesting. I didn't know this because obviously I hadn't dated for 37 years. Uh, I found, uh, uh, and, and when I was separated and I would, um, and I would, I would attend parties and I would try to refresh my flirting skills, which apparently are appalling. Um, oh. uh, yeah, I, my flirting skills are kind of stuck back when I was 19. So I still flirt the same way. And, and that, <laughs> let me tell you, they just walk away from you. mid oh. Um, so, uh, uh, but then they, and they still, so I wasn't sure if it was my poor flirting ability that was getting me, that was landing me no second looks, or if it was <laughs> that I had gotten older, it was, it, it was very confusing. And then God sent online dating, online dating. It's like, look, 
I'm 56. This is what I look like. I don't post pictures of myself where I look better than the real me. So it's like, no, you, you're, you're going to get what you think you're going to get. Um, some of the guys know who I am. Some of the guys suspect who I am. But I have a fair amount of dudes from New Jersey that are just like, hey, babe, want to have a, you know, ride in my car and drink a Coke. That uh, don't necessarily seem to know who I am. Um, do you prefer one way or the other? Meaning what? Like, do you prefer that they know your background and know who you are, or is it better when they don't? Uh, it's most definitely better when they do, because on the few dates where I have gone out and they didn't know who I was, uh, one of them got so tongue-tied that he actually couldn't speak for the rest of the date. And the other one recognized me when I took my mask off and then sort of had a meltdown. You know, like, oh my God, oh my God, I can't believe it's you. Oh my God, oh my God. And you know what? That's not entirely no, sexy. Like no, no, no. no. Well, I think that it's, I think it's great that you're going out on dates. I mean, it's, it's, Listen, you're not going to meet anyone if you don't go, you know, try it. You know, and in a certain way, it's actually also fun for me because I, you know, I, I met my, I met my soulmate at 19 and that was it. So mm -hmm. I never looked at another guy from, from 19 and on until we got separated and, uh, and then started looking around again. And I thought, oh gosh, like most men my age, first of all, the dating pool for women over 50, I thought looked like um, more of a puddle, really. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 the men that are still, that, that are um, unattached and my age uh, and are not looking for somebody 20 years junior, there's like five. And I think I've dated them all at this point. <laughs> I think you'll find somebody. Yeah. Oh yeah, you, you have some good positive feelings I about hope, that? Yeah, I hope for you. I do too. I think you will. And um, and listen, you've got like hundreds of thousands of Instagram followers who might have, you know, somebody they know that they will send your way. Oh no, there's a lot of like, you know, my my dad thinks you're hot and you know, if you want to make a coffee. There you go. Yeah, so I know Hoda on the Today Show met one of her very long-term boyfriends by, you know, two sisters who saw, you know, who, who knew that she was single from watching the Today Show and made an introduction. And that worked out for quite a while. So you never know. Yes, I'll keep my mind. Paulina. Yeah, that's right, guys. If you hear of anybody that you think, oh, that he, he sounds perfect for Paulina. Yeah. My dad has you have my number. Call me up. I will. <laughs> I will. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us today, Paulina. I always, always, it's a pleasure. And you'll have to come back soon, sooner rather than later, to give us some updates. Yes, we, sure. we need updates. We need well, updates on everything that you're doing. Well, guess what? There actually will be updates because I'm super hopeful about this pandemic sort of winding its way down. Yeah and us being able to travel and actually do things again, even if we're doing them with masks, even if we're being conservative, that's totally cool, but we'll actually be able to do that. Yeah. So I am, I am, I think 2021 is 
it might not have started off like super great, but I think we're heading to a good spot. And, and then I'm saying that for myself too. I'm heading for a good spot too. Good. Really glad to hear that. And we will keep following you on Instagram as thank well. You. Thank so, you. And thank you for sharing so much with us today and also for sharing on Instagram because I think you've, you've really helped and you're continuing to help a lot of other women. And they help me, you know, like all jokes aside, it's been, it's a community building and I feel like, and this is the thing about Instagram too, uh, is that I feel like I had been seen my entire life, but nobody really cared about what I had to say. And Instagram actually allows me to have my voice. I get to say how I feel and who I am. And it's in, that's actually incredibly rewarding when people read the text. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yes. Amazing. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thanks, guys. It was a pleasure. So Pleasure for us too. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.